I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes is really inspiring. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Forge Your Path podcast. I am just so excited to share this message today because it comes off of one of the most special days I've ever had in my life. And you well, you know I talk about my family. This one is truly going to be special for me. So I am more than excited to share it. So let me let me set the stage and let me set the foundation for what I'm going to be able to dive into today. Many of you may know this, and many of you may not, depending on how close you are to me. But my wife and I have now been together for 16 years of marriage, going on 17. And before that, we dated for three years and change. And what's pretty incredible is is thinking about the journey that started there and culminated in a way just this past week in, in an incredible event with my daughters. So back in 2005, my wife and I were dating and, uh, and as many couples do at that point, we started to get serious. And when you get serious, Part of those discussions that unfold are, are those different pieces when you're dancing around, you know, the M word and you're thinking about the marriage question. Um, you're thinking about building a life together. You're thinking about the potential of having kids. And of course, one of the topics that always come up is the topic of religion. And based on friends that I have in all walks of life, really, there's kind of one of three ways it can go. If you and your partner are the same religion, well, that's great. Everything is copacetic because you're on the same page. Second scenario is typically if neither one really cares about religion or one really feels strongly and the other one doesn't, that's usually how things go. So you might follow the path of whoever really is committed and, and it's more of a priority in their lives. That's happened for a lot of my friends. And then you have scenario number three. Scenario number three is you and your partner both care about religion, but you happen to celebrate two different faiths. When you have that situation, well, Houston, you have a problem because each person has something of value to them. And how do you proceed in that fashion when each one is on a different path? So back in 2005, that's exactly where Dara and I were. I'm Catholic. My wife is Jewish. It had been an important part of both of our upbringings and an important part of both of our lives. So we'd been talking and dancing around this topic for a few months. And finally, around Thanksgiving 2005, things came to, things came to a head. So we had a discussion, had to sit down, and after a, a long several-hour talk and a tearful dialogue, we broke up. We were at an impasse because both of us cared about religion, 
and we really didn't see a path forward. So we said goodbye to one another, and uh, I was heartbroken. And I can't speak for Dara, but I knew it was sad for her too because it was just unfortunate because two people really cared about each other, but they wanted something and weren't going to be able to move past it. Well, less than 24 hours later, after the breakup, we sat down again, had a long talk, and came to a conclusion. I came to a conclusion that I wanted her to be in my life. And while, although in the perfect world, if we went the distance and we got together and we got married, my preference, of course, would have been that they shared my religion. I decided it was more important to have Dara in my life than not. So I said, if we go the distance and get married, I'll agree we'll raise our kids Jewish. So at the time, I made that choice and I made that sacrifice, not ultimately knowing what it would lead to, but I wanted to take that leap of faith. Well, several months later, uh, in July of 2006, we got engaged. And what an incredible day. I remember uh, we were out in Napa Valley and it was just a just an amazing moment that uh, is one of those days I will always remember in my life. Next year, 2007, had a glorious wedding and had a, had a fantastic time. And, and again, just a spectacular beginning of a lifetime together. So three years after that, on August 26, 2010, our twin girls, Annie and Lily, entered the world. And life has been just a magnificent whirlwind ever since. So we went through all the stages that parents do. We have infant years, toddlerhood, pre-K, and elementary school. And as they got to third grade, we thought this is the time for them to begin their religious journey. So for me, I knew that I'd made this commitment and I'd given my word that I wanted to support this part of our lives, that we would raise the girls Jewish. Now, fortunately for me, and, and God bless my wife, Dara, in this compromise, she also knew that my holidays were important. So I got to share many Christmases with our family. We have a Christmas tree. Uh, my girls certainly have enjoyed opening presents and celebrating that holiday. My girls and my, my wife come with me to go to mass on Easter. So it at least fulfills for me something that's important and they get to share in it with me. But truth be told, along the lines of these years that had passed, there definitely were times when it was hard. Um, I go through different stages of time where I go to church and I go alone. And I go through stretches where I don't go. And I have to say that I've not been as consistent throughout the course of the last 13 years. And partly it's because I know I'm on my own path and my family's on a different one. So oftentimes I feel like when I go, I'm giving something up or I'm giving up family time. Now look, that's my own journey. That's my own baggage with it. But it's been something that I've always had to grapple with. So in the past five years, in support of them, I've had a role. And oftentimes, that means once a month, going to the temple to take part in family services. And I would do that. And I was there. But I always felt a little bit out of place. 
because it was new, it was different. And of course I was out of my comfort zone. Many times on Sundays, I was always the drop-off guy because they had their own religious school and it wasn't always that the families would go every, every week. It was really more of a monthly commitment. So many times on a Sunday, rather than staying in bed a little longer, I'd wake up, get the band started, do breakfast and drive them over. So these were things that I always saw as fulfilling my obligation. These were kind of the things I had to do in support of this effort. Because again, I made a promise and a commitment that I would make sure we would help carry this through to the point of their bat mitzvah, which is the milestone of them becoming a young adult in the tradition. So this was something I always, I knew and I had to do it. So throughout the course of certainly these five years, I had to be there in the background. And now this year, things really took it up a notch because in preparation for their bat mitzvah, which happens after they turn 13, a lot more commitments started popping up. I remember last year, we went to a, a breakfast that gave some education on what was ahead. There were going to be extra Monday night meetings for them where they would practice the prayers. There would be additional practice for them beyond their weekly Hebrew school. They'd have to get private lessons to get ready for all the prayers and songs they would have to recite at their bar mitzvah. So there were also additional costs associated with it, let alone, of course, the planning of a celebration, which really has nothing to do with the religious tradition, but is pretty commonplace in terms of what's done. So all these things, I knew we had to do them. And that's pretty much what my attitude was. I'm here to support um, living my commitment of these things we have to do to fulfill my obligation. So we got closer and closer this fall, and there were so many to-dos. There probably wasn't a day in the last three months in leading up to this big day where we didn't have a conversation to my wife and I about things that needed to be planned, arrangements that needed to be made, lessons the girls had, details for the party, and different things that needed to be taken care of. And while I try to proceed with patience, at every turn, I once again felt this is something that has to be done, and we're going to fulfill this commitment. So now all of a sudden, fast forward to the weekend of. A million details have been planned. A million different things have, have been accomplished. And now it's the weekend of. So it's Friday night. And we're going to what's called the Shabbat service, which throughout the course of, the, of their journey, they've been to countless times. I had never been to one because while I was never required to be there, I also just chose not to go. Uh, because on a Friday night, oftentimes it's one of the few times of the week where I'm catching my breath. So if the girls went a few dozen times, I decided to stay home. So we're there and it's Friday night and we sit down and what happened was pretty exceptional. This was a new experience for me. And in a service, if you don't know much about Judaism, there really are two central figures that are part of religious service. There's the rabbi who is the person that really is the leader of what would be 
the, I would say the traditional prayers, which is all the different rites of what's happening in a given service. And if you, let's say again, for me, the equivalent would be that of a priest in Catholicism or in other Christian religions, you have a minister or someone who leads the service. In Judaism, what's interesting is there's a second person who I didn't realize, I originally thought was almost more of a secondary role, but really almost an equal partner in this service is the role of a cantor. And the cantor is really responsible for the music and the singing of the prayers and songs that happen throughout the course of a service. So on several of these Sundays where I'd been there, where I'd been for Hebrew school, and we go in the temple, I had seen the cantor. And she always struck me as someone who really is someone who gets things done. So she's making sure she's engaging the congregation. She's encouraging them to sing. She's a little bit in your face, like, let's go, people. You know, being a little bit more vocal with clapping and trying to rouse up people that maybe are a little sleepy on a Sunday morning. But beyond that, I appreciated her role in that regard, but I didn't think much more of it. When I sat down that Friday night for Shabbat service, it was kind of a surreal experience because as I sat down, all of a sudden I was entering into something that I knew nothing about. And what's interesting is my life oftentimes, certainly this fall, has moved at 100 miles an hour, seemingly for at least three months. And as I sat down in this service, I was so struck about what happened. I was completely at peace for that hour. I had no formal responsibilities except just to sit. And what was so incredible is I watched this canter and I watched somebody who was truly outstanding at their job. Have you ever just been awed by someone's prowess or someone's performance in a certain area? that took you by surprise. That's exactly the experience I had because I knew she had a good voice because I'd heard her on Sundays, but I watched the passion with which she performed these prayers, which probably she'd done every week and maybe they were commonplace, but the emotion that she brought, the level of skill and care that she brought to the singing touched me in a way that I hadn't been that inspired in a very long time. She spoke between some of the prayers because right now she was completely on another emotional plane because she has deep roots in Israel. And with everything happening right now with the Hamas attack on Israel, her family's connection and how she's impacted by it I was so drawn to the emotion. I sat there. Of course, I don't know the first word of Hebrew. And while there was an English translation in there, I barely opened the book. I sat there for an hour. I did not understand a single word that she sang, yet I understood everything. On an emotional level, I completely felt exactly 
what that service was supposed to be like. I was so enriched and taken with what she brought because I realized this is somebody that wasn't fulfilling an obligation. Yes, this is her job to be there on Friday nights and to perform this service. But this is somebody who's truly excellent because they're bringing that perspective that they don't have to be there. They get to be there. They're bringing gratitude and emotion, the best of themselves to perform in that moment. And despite whatever was going on, the turmoil she had inside, she closed her eyes and sang. And the energy, the emotion that she translated was something I had rarely seen. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And the next day, as we were there, and, and I watched her, along with the rabbi, lead this service, and I watched my girls sing and perform these prayers in conjunction with the leadership of the cantor for those two hours as they became what they call beno mitzvah because they're twins and they both perform together. I went from understanding that this experience wasn't something that I had to do. Me being there to celebrate with them was something that I got to do. This was a gift. And for the past five years, and maybe for the past 13 years since they've been born, and maybe for the past 15 years since we decided if we went together, Dara and I, that we would raise them Jewish, I thought this is something that I had to do. And I realized in that moment, starting Friday night and through the next day, this was a gift. This was something that I got to do. I got a chance to see my girls become young women in this beautiful faith and tradition. And somehow, something that I'd been missing all along, a perspective that I had that I had to do this, instead was a gift that I got. I was so grateful for suddenly understanding this, this weekend, and suddenly getting that clarity that what was happening here was a gift. And I felt so whole and so complete watching that canter perform and watching my girls deliver these prayers and go through this ritual, which again, I did not understand what they were singing, but I didn't have to because I felt everything that they sang and I knew what they were experiencing. So what an amazing what an amazing celebration that weekend was. And to me, what an incredible takeaway for me, not just to go in and, and have them see that rite of passage and the culmination of the work they've done. Because sure, on another level, I appreciated the five years of hard work that they put in and all the sacrifices they had to make to get there to that day. But more importantly, what an amazing reminder of the choice we have in life. Because every day, we all have stuff. Every day, we have the ability to just put our heads down and plow through. To just kind of show up and just be there, whether that's our jobs, whether that's people going to school, whether that's something in family. Every day, most of us probably just show up and just do and, and maybe go through the motions because these are the things that we think we have to do. And when you realize 
in these rare moments when you get hit by that bolt of lightning, it wakes you up and gives you that reverence for life where you realize that life is a gift and we get to experience these things. We don't have to do them. We get to do them. These days are a blessing. And for me, while I can't go back and turn the clock and go five years back and change my perspective, what I can do, and thank God, I was able for those two days to receive that blessing that I got to experience that with my kids and my family. And going forward, it's giving me that reverence, that bit of re-energization to see my life as a gift, to see the days ahead as blessings, and to find the opportunity throughout the course of each day to find the good in things and to find the opportunities to say, yes, I get to do that. I'm grateful for that gift. And if you can start looking at your days that way too, if you can find even a little bit of good, even a little bit of those moments where you can shift that perspective from I have to do this to I get to do this, the quality of your life can completely change. So I'm blessed that I got a chance to have that journey and for my eyes to be opened again. And my hope is for you that as you listen to this, that maybe you're thinking about an experience that you've had. And maybe you're thinking about as you head into tomorrow and to next week, that you can flip the script and find those opportunities where instead of saying, I have to do this, you can just show up a little bit more inclined to say, you know what? I get to do this. So I'm thankful for you listening to this today. And I challenge you as you go into this day and this week ahead, bring a little gratitude, bring a little presence and that perspective into your life. And you're going to be amazed as to what you're going to find. And you can be amazed at what your days can feel like. Thank you for listening as always. Please continue to share the message if you like this podcast. And I'll see you in the next episode. Have an awesome day. Thank you.